Hello, hello, hello everyone and welcome to Injected Podcast where we are injecting positive vibes into all of our lives. Hiya. Hi everyone, make sure you leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and use the hashtag Injected Podcast on Twitter. Yep, yep. Yes, please. Hold on, I want to try something because I feel like my mic is always knocking, but it's because I'm like touching the desk. Okay, you guys let me know if this is better. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> hi everyone. <laughs> hey. How's everyone doing this week? Oh, I'm good. Um, I, yeah, I've just ate. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, are you feeling really full? I've I just am. ate a whole tin of beans. <laughs> I don't think I've done that since I was a about 15. A whole tin? <laughs> yes. A whole tin. A what whole the tin. hell? I know, and I only did that, that in about what the hell in about ten minutes. I just, I just ate a whole tin of beans. Oh, why a whole tin? Why the whole tin? You could have just done half and put the other half I did. away. Oh my god, my 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 dirty plastic container is, is in the kitchen because I did that, and then I was like, no, I want more beans, and I just poured all. So basically, I made two jacket potatoes, and so basically, your eye was too big. No, because I ate it all. I ate all of it. So my eyes are big and my okay. bed is big. So everything's big together. Um, okay. But yeah, okay. like shocking. I've just ate a tin of beans. New, well, new record. Because I would still say, because I would still say that my eye is too big because like my eye, because I, I, I just ate some bolognese and I think I put too much bolognese and I had quite a big potato. I had quite a big sweet potato and I, I ate it all and like I'm full, but I would still say my eye too big because... Like I didn't I don't think I needed to eat that much. I mm. think I ate too much. Yeah. Even though I finished it, but I feel like I ate too much. I feel like my eye my eye too big today. What kind of bolognese do you have? Yeah. Maybe it's the moon. Huh? And <laughs> um, what what kind of bolognese yeah, let's do you have? I, mean. I had um beef. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. With carrots and mushrooms in it. I'm being healthier. I'm been mm. putting different things in my in my bolognese recently yeah that is healthy i i literally have had no veg yeah. with my dinner it was just beans and potato i guess potato is a veg kind of um but potato is also a carb so i, I feel like it it counts out it counts it takes away from it being a vegetable so no veg for me oh well no. you're today well, but your beans there's a vegetable because bean a bean is vegetable right oh yeah it's like a legume I think that's what you call them like beans lentils peas which I'm sure is a I veg I thought a legume was a bean yeah I thought I thought it was a category and then things fall under it it's not mm. an individual bean no I feel like it's I feel like beans is a category no <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I just what thought legume is like oh, guess the French beans, of beans. No. the French word for beans, right? Maybe it is, but but like this is one thing that I learned when I went vegan. They were like, "Oh, legumes are really good for you. Legumes are like chickpeas, lentils, blah 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 blah." blah. So maybe they've just oh, remixed the weird. words, yeah, into lots of different beanie type things. Oh wait, legume is the is the French word for vegetable? Is it? Mm. Yeah, because I remember yeah. I would always, my my go to phrase was always je déteste les goûts, je crois que c'est dégoûtant. That was always my go to <laughs> phrase in French. 
<laughs> oh, I loved French in school, but I hated it so much. It was just such a love hate thing because it is cool learning a language. See, but like when when our teacher used to put us on the spot, be like, "What's what's cow in French?" and then we'd go Diana, and then she'd point to someone. Everyone would just have to shout it out. And I used to, I used to hate teachers cow. that would do that in any any subjects. Mm. I can't remember what cow is. Cow. Neither can I. Um, I literally, I c- can't remember much. I remember the word for birds. Birds. Uh, yeah. I don't. W- wazzo. Oh, I would not have remembered that. Wazzo. And yeah, the reason why I remember that is because when I when I was eight and I was in Guadeloupe, um, I remember asking my uncle's fiance what was no i whispered to my mum what is the word for bird and then she was just like oh alex wants to know what the word for bird is because i was too shy <laughs> to just ask someone um and then they and then she told me that it's wazo yeah and which did come in handy for it when i was doing french lessons because i remember we had a mock french test and um and you know like when you have to circle a word and it says something like, Oh, I keep pets on my balcony. I keep my pet something on my balcony. That mm. was the phrase, and you had to circle what animal. Mm. And like I remembered what the word for bird was. So I was like, mm, well, bird, that's the only thing you can put on a balcony out of those pets. Um Cute. Yeah, and then apparently the teacher afterwards, and I'd got that one right, and then but the teacher afterwards was like, so many people got this wrong. Why? Why people are putting elephants on their balconies? And I was like, oh, like <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to guess which of the, which one of the words is elephant though. Like, I can't really remember, but <laughs> I just remember the word for birds. Did you yeah. have to do French GCSE so or was it like not? Oh, I did. Yeah, we were forced I did to do, do French it. GCSE. Yeah. We had we weren't to. forced to. I just wanted to take a language. No, to be honest, we had to actually. We were encouraged to take a language if we were in top set. Oh, interesting. We were forced to do. Yeah. I weren't in top set for for maths or science. I was in top set for English, but we were. Mm-hmm. I think all of us were forced to do a language GCSE as well as um, a humanities subject, so history or geography and IT. Oh, really? Yeah. The only thing you could pick was like one thing. So I picked PE because I knew I'd pass it because, you, you know, You can only pick one here. thing? Yeah. You can only pick one. So I picked PE. Yeah, but... Yeah, because usually you have usually have four options. So you had to do geography or history. You had to do a language. But wouldn't you have had mm. two more options? Um. Well, we did IT... And then, oh, philosophy and ethics. But everyone did that. I think maybe it was philosophy and ethics separate them out. Yeah. So you didn't... So how many GCSEs did you do? Because I did I did like 10, 11. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. It's, te- it's 10. 10 is the least you do. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, because I... Because we had... I'm sure we had four that we could pick from. Um. Yeah, and I did... I did art I did graphics I did French oh actually maybe it was three then mm. didn't you do music you no, didn't do music I didn't I didn't do music because um, but I got shouted out for not taking music <laughs> and I also got shouted out for not taking PE um, 
yeah <laughs> you're an all-rounder yeah so i got to- i got told off for not not taking music i mean to be honest if i took music i would have got a better mark than i did in art mm. oh no i got a good mark in my art in art for gcse so no that doesn't matter i got an a star in for gcse oh, well but for a level i did shit i should have done um i should have just swapped to music and done music in a level um mm. yeah a stars like, yeah i would have got a better mark for that I think I only got two A stars in my whole school career, or not school career, but in my whole school mm. life. One of them was on the Russian Revolution, and then another okay. one that w- that was just a part of our history. And then another one was mm-hmm. on uh, when I did film studies in college on um, my analysis mm-hmm. of Fight Club, <laughs> the movie, and I got the okay. top mark in the whole of Essex. I was like, yeah, I'm the Fight oh, Club genius. Well <laughs> <laughs> but A stars I just Yeah I, I never ever thought That would be me But you know Of course I'd get in The weirdest fucking subjects That, mm-hmm. <laughs> that anyone could get I only them got in a, I only got one A star I only got one A star At GCC And mm. then Yeah it was funny I was talking about this um, The other day Yeah I got an A I got an A star in art And I got two A's and six B's and one C. And basically my C was in IT because they didn't remark my work. And they just gave everybody a C and they didn't <laughs> remark my work. And it was like, you had me, you told people to come in to do extra work just to bump the marks up and mm. you didn't remark it. So what was the point of me wasting my time to come in? Like yeah. to, to do it, to That's the thing. add those, uh, add those extra bits. Yeah, they get lazy. They're, they're with always it. lazy. These teachers. This mm. is you guys. You guys know how I feel about these teachers. Anyway, <laughs> no, you guys I don't. Already I know don't how feel I feel like about it's the teachers. I feel like it's the general. The it people is the that teachers. Mark. No, the teachers are, sw- are swept off their feet. No, because it was the teacher was meant to be marking my work. <laughs> the GCC, the teachers mark the work. It is the teachers. I'm sorry. Like, look, look, please, guys, don't get me wrong. We know that there's good teachers out there, but there ain't. But like, let's let's get it real. There ain't that many. Like, there's not many teachers who actually give a shit about these kids. Like, come on, let's 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 be real. Yeah, like, I feel like most people go into teaching for for the time off, between. like for the summer holidays and for <laughs> for winter yeah. holidays. You get that and you whole get, six and you weeks get reason- off. A reasonable, good start pay as well. Mm. Um, but like, guys, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, we know, you know, we need teachers. We need good teachers. But like, I'm sorry, like. <laughs> We know a lot of these teachers don't give a fucking shit. The teachers that care, mm. like the teachers that do the extra, a lot of the extracurricular stuff. So you know, because like I've got a friend who's like a um, like who's a performing arts and drama teacher and stuff like that. And you know, like mm. you, and you can tell when people care about the kids, and you can tell when they care that they want them to get good marks. But I'm sorry, like a lot of my teachers did not give a fucking shit. Um, mm-hmm. And look, they didn't remark my work. I'm sorry. When you're an IT teacher, come on now. Hmm. They don't give a fucking shit. They don't, don't care. Don't you think like, as well? What made you an IT teacher? What do you do? What do you yeah, do as an IT teacher, really? How do you become an IT teacher? What qualification? Yeah, like how do you get into the IT? Like, what we? Why would you, in the IT world you can make money? So why are you here? Why are you at a school? They definitely, they definitely did not study IT or any kind of IT related subject at university. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> like, especially not not in this day and age. Like, let's let's be for real. Not in this day and age mm. did they do any kind of IT related subject at in you know. No, there's, there's no way. Not in this day and age now. No, and like you said, you can make 
more money in IT. Yeah, because it's like in any company. If if you wanted to make money, yeah, but how the how the fuck do you end up as an IT teacher? That's one thing. I, I that's something I'm actually clueless about now. How do you end up I'm as sorry. an IT teacher? And why? Okay, if we have any younger listeners, please, can you tell us, what do your IT teachers do? And do they actually teach solely IT? What do they actually do? And what are they actually good for? Do they teach you anything? Yeah, because one of mine- all of you like already know about technology. One of I'm mine sorry, did that IT role, and being business. Being an IT teacher. Business was like a separate thing yeah. that you did. Mm, I feel like an IT teacher, I'm sorry, that role must- get made redundant at some point right <laughs> yeah it's about like, time no offense it is about time because we wrap that one if, up like unless they're te- well to be honest actually because like i know recently say they might be teaching coding they might be teaching they need like, to have a tech web teacher. design and stuff like that or like just a, a, yeah a exactly digital tech it's teacher. not it yeah they, let's they, call it what it is let's call it um they should call it like a development, like, um, yeah, yeah. you know, like web development instead. So it's like actually like what the actual term is. Yeah, that's in, true. You know, but it's like, I don't know, like, okay, they're teaching more coding and stuff like that. But I know that they're still like, any, okay, any of our younger listeners or any listeners who like, I don't know, may have kids or whatever and who are learning this stuff, do they get taught like proper web development like in IT lessons it's not easy to be honest it's not even classes IT now that stuff no no because even when I went to school we built website as part of our like BTEC in IT and and it was very shit yeah I don't remember how I did it I don't remember anything about it I think the teacher probably did it for me and then I was like cool lesson over but like if they actually had an explanation behind like look in the future, there's going to be so many jobs in tech and in web design. Oh, they didn't know though. No, they didn't. That's true. They they weren't. They couldn't look into the future. But if if they, it's just common sense though. Oh, we're moving into the digital age. There's going to be so many jobs. No, but they wouldn't have known. They would have because like surely the, the jobs of no because jobs of web designers were there, but people did not understand it. It's like it's like how I go into any room and people still don't know what I'm saying when I tell them what I do. And people don't yeah, get it. I get that, but just the fact that like there was the the emergence of like social media at the time that I kind of was finishing up school. See, when it when I was at school, but then that's the thing we were finishing up at school. So how would they know the curriculum? Look, the curriculum is still teaching to kill a mockingbird to my my younger cousins. And oh my God. I haven't been in school for how long? They're still teaching to kill a mockingbird. They're still keep teaching the same frigging books, like. The curriculum mm. is not moving any quickly. Like, and to think that we're still trying to fight to get some black, <laughs> some black history lessons oh, in, in black history classes. I'm sorry, the school curriculum is not moving. So mm. like, you know, they're not trying to, and as well, if you think that the school pipeline, they do not want us getting good jobs. They want us working shit jobs. <laughs> That's why school is as it is. You know what? They're not telling people about the roles that are available out there. Like, oh, if you're interested in coding, you can be a web developer. If you're interested in design, you know what? Look into UI design, look into UX design. You know, if you're interested in this, oh, you know, this is what, that they're not, they're not teaching people about mm. what actual jobs are available. And you know what's quite interesting as well? Like, let's talk a quick bit about High School Musical. So you know the fact that Troy was good at basketball, <laughs> but 
he wanted to I'm go sorry, to. Just because I love how. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Because I just love how. <laughs> I love how. A lot of our conversations always come back to High School Musical. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, carry on. I have to highlight that this will be quick as well. I don't want to dwell on High School Musical again yeah. for a long time. But yeah, the I fact mean, that Troy... But no promises, guys. <laughs> he was great at basketball, but he wanted to get into musical theatre. And I can relate to some extent because I was really good at sports. Like, I, I would get put through to every single bloody competition. And I was... I was the like sports captain, the female sports captain of my year group. Mm-hmm. I hated the competition. Like I'm really not competitive at all. I just enjoy sports, but I didn't enjoy them mm-hmm. enough for that to be my career route. And the fact that at school, if you're good at something, you'll just be pushed and pushed and pushed. Into that. It's like, hang on, you haven't actually asked me what I like and you haven't given me the chance to explore what I like because look, mm. this is something I'm naturally good at. doesn't mean I want a career out of like fucking netball or running. So... I understand what you're saying, yeah. Mm. I get what you're saying, but I also think that, like, okay, cool. Troy was good at basketball, and and it's, as well, if you think with America, it's very much assumed that you know you'll get a basketball scholarship yeah. if that's what you're good at. You know, you need some kind of scholarship, and that's what you'd go for. Um, so, like, it made sense. You know, what didn't make sense was now is now Troy and Gabriella just waltzing into Sharpay's <laughs> drama drama theater. And taking all of her roles, like mm. that was just rude. The it's girl true. has been, the girl has been all up through the drama club, the whole time. You know that was her drama club, and they came and just took it over because they wanted to try out a hobby and they liked each other. Like that's not that's not fun. That's yeah. not nice. They're the villains. I'm sorry. Equal opportunities. They are the villains. I'm sorry. They are the villains. Charpe is the real hero. Mm-hmm. Um of High School Musical and I'm glad that she got her she was allowed her own spin-off movie to actually like showcase her real star talent because Mm. they did her dirty and it was very rude it's true it's true but I didn't I didn't actually watch the Sharpe movie though no I did I did not watch that movie (laughs) I can tell you a thing about that movie no I did not watch it (laughs) yeah I just know that it was a thing she she was there with her dog and her pink car and mm. I don't, I don't know what she's doing in the movie, but like she's there, and um, but it's just like good for her. She deserves her spin-off movie without them lot. Those, you know, those basketballers mm. and science nerds coming and taking over the <laughs> theater. Rude. I'm sorry. How can how can someone come in and be telling them I don't dance and starts dancing up all down, all up mm. and down the baseball pitch? That's rude. Like, excuse me. That is rude. Ugh. Put some respect. <laughs> on the drama club's name please yeah yeah period but anyway yeah anyway but as well another thing how 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 were the teachers meant to know that troy was interested in anything else when he hasn't actually gone and shown interest in anything else because you're he a only, child he only saw you're just enjoyable like yeah, you've got to like, be given things you've got to be you've got to receive you not can't really be, you can't be out seeking no, because I told my mum that I wanted to play, that I wanted to play instruments. I wanted to play clarinet and saxophone. Like I told my mum she got me in the lessons. I told my mum I wanted to do gymnastics and horse riding. She got me doing gymnastics and horse riding. Maybe that's because your I, parents I think are just, open like about well, things. No, I feel like people just need to listen to their children. Yeah, people that's aren't what listening I mean. to their kids. I don't think, I think as soon as parents know that their child is good, and I'm not saying that my parents are like Zach, like well, Troy's, Troy's um, dad, who was so pushy and the coach of the team and stuff, but 
Like, mm-hmm. I, feel, I do feel like parents definitely need to listen and at least explore different things with their kids. Because to be fair, my parents did do that. Yeah. But in the sports world, so I, I probably tried out for every sort of, like, sports that there was in my local area because they wanted me to be in something. But, like, I think I played mm-hmm. a couple of instruments here and there. But like other areas, I don't know, like... Like writing maybe and reading. I was never pushed into that or like, I don't know. Because my job at the moment is communications. Like I work in communications. And if I knew about that kind of world, I could have already have started like from school thinking about, oh, like I do like reading. I do like writing. But yeah, I I just wasn't pushed into that. Um, You're just pushed into what the teachers think you're good at. But how do you... But how do you get pushed into reading and writing? Because like, just... it's kind of like if you when you tell mm. your kids go pick up a book, it really goes down to the kid if they decide to pick up a book or not, isn't it? It's true, it's true. But then even say for instance, when we started doing poetry and stuff like that, I really enjoyed all of that kind of stuff. But as soon as school was finished, I didn't get back to it because I was doing sports. But yeah, but then but that doesn't mean that it's because no one pushed you into doing it. It's just that you were distracted by other things. Like, because mm. I used to write poems all the time, and like mm. every Mother's Day and Father's Day, I'd write a poem for my. <laughs> I'd write a poem in cards and stuff like that. Cute. Um, yeah, I used to write poems all the time, and I would type them all up on the computer and everything, print mm. them out, put all these funky fonts on them, and print them out. Um, yeah, I just used, I used to do that all the time. But it's like no one like pushed me or was like, no, you should do this. No, no one said that. I just was like, oh, I'm gonna write a poem, and and then my yeah. mum was always so pleased <laughs> when she had them. <laughs> she was always so pleased. But as well, the thing is that with those poems, I would be trying to I'll be typing them up on the computer and trying to edit them and trying to get them to look a certain way, trying to print it off so it would print off in a card. Like mm. I used to do all of that and yeah, even that just goes down to what I do today. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I was really trying with the layout. Um so yeah, and I was very particular about it. So that's quite mm. funny. Um Yeah. I feel like everyone you always kind of find what what it is that you're meant to be doing. But like, I feel like, again, how can you get pushed into things when people don't know that those jobs exist and that they're actual things? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Cause but like, I'm come... sure your parents didn't know. Mm. Like, I'm sure your parents didn't know about how, oh, you could do communications and work in social media. No, you of know, course I, not, I, not with that. But it's like, yeah, the teachers should know that there are what the job. The teachers definitely are. don't know. Fuck I know all. they. they but don't. that's what I'm saying. They don't know. But don't don't you find it wild that like the teachers now are like all our age? Like how how are people our age teaching a whole class and how how are they equipped to? Do? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know that's rude. I I don't <laughs> think it's I don't think it's weird. <laughs> Because, you know, I am 27. I remember looking at teachers mm. being like, uh, miss, you're almost 30. You know, thinking that, you know, <laughs> um, you know, because the, the young teachers are just like, oh my gosh, they're almost 30, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's too weird. I think it's strange. Um, People in their 20s that are teachers, I just think, how, how are you doing it? Like, how do you actually that- command the room and, you know, you stand in front of the whole class and tell tell people off. Like, I just, I think it's like a different world. <laughs> well, 
Well, like, that's the thing, because I think as well now, like, because those teachers, when you had the young teachers, like, you weren't getting told off by them because they were, the, they were like, the the fun ones to be around kind of thing, innit? Mm. Like, yeah, you know. And as well, it's like this whole thing of, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's not every day telling off, is it? Mm. And I think it's nice. And I think it's good if, like, if now people can go into their jobs and they don't have to be telling the kids off. I mean, it depends on what, what school you go to. I know that like, I've heard some nightmare stories um, mm. and then and then I've heard nightmare stories. And then I've heard like kind of when teachers finally get to leave those schools after their training and go to a good school where the kids are not assholes. So mm. yeah, swings and roundabouts. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like not all, te- obviously, not teach all teachers don't really want to be going into work to be shouting at kids but some people love doing that because some people go into that job just for that because they're evil people mm. um, that yeah. makes trunchbull evil yeah exactly anyway what have you been watching at the moment uh what have i been watching i've been watching i've just been re-watching friends <laughs> I've been rewatching Friends again. Um, and I do this every couple of months. So I'll just start watching Friends from the beginning. I never mm. get to the end because I don't really like the end. <laughs> yeah. I don't really like the last yeah. season. So so when, when Chandler and Monica start trying for a baby and stuff like that, that's when I kind of go back to the beginning. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I never used to, and I never used to go to the very beginning before. But I started going back to the very beginning because um, because the pilot is actually fucking hilarious. Like, mm. I don't know, like some of the things are just hilarious. But as well, I think this goes to show that, because um, Friends, I'm sure it's a female writer. Yeah, I've heard that. The, yeah, so I'm like, it just shows that female writers, clearly that's where the good shit is at. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even like and as well when I rewatch it I'm just like this is actually so progressive because like what, how did they just think for Ross's storyline to be like oh my, my wife is gay like that just like <laughs> just how progressive is that that my son has two mothers you know and it's just so like mm. ran- like it's just some of the things that just comes out is just so random and it's mm. hilarious um, yeah yeah so yeah, I just feel like Friends is just I I know I say this all the time, but Friends is just so ahead of its time. Mm. Um yeah, I like Friends. I think I kind of I've watched all of it like the whole way through I think once. And I just don't I, the thing I will never understand is how Rachel and Joey ever become a thing. Like that just makes me so yeah. uneasy. <laughs> Why was that so a thing? That's where that's it's around that point that I go back to the beginning because I just feel like, but it, I feel like that just shows when there's kind of they're running when it's, out of when ideas. the show is kind of losing its way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but for that show to go on for so long without running out of ideas, mm-hmm. I, it amazes me because yeah. like every time I get to the the Chandler and Monica arc when they're getting together and how they're getting together and even like watching from the beginning you can see that they were kind of playing up to them being together from mm. from the very beginning mm. it's like yeah it's it's crazy yeah but seeing yeah. how seeing that arc play out and i just find i feel like those seasons are the most hilarious because i'm sorry mm. their relationship and their dynamic is just so it's just it's just yeah yeah 
a masterpiece. Like, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm sorry. We could all kind of look at Chandler and Monica's relationship and want that kind of relationship. Like, I was mm. like, they just complement each other so well. They and do. It's just something that I think at the time, just no one saw coming. And it, mm-hmm. yeah. And even with the way it happened because of Ross getting remarried and Monica was just feeling types, was in her feelings yeah. about it. Yeah. And that's how it happened. And yeah. And this is why I can't even be mad at the whole Emily arc because I feel like the whole Emily arc is actually fucking hilarious because when Ross comes with his rage, <laughs> like, how do they think of that? Like, how do they think that Ross is a perfect person to be having a mental breakdown and him being like, this is not good for my rage? Like, how, how do they think that? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, just some things are just I just don't know how they came up with it. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy rewatching Friends. Mm. Yeah, Friends is funny. But um yeah. I also so I did watch the film You People. Mm. Yeah. What did you think of it? Did you what you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was kind of for me. I think it was easy watching. I think it was... Mm-hmm. It was a cool cast. Like, Ed, seeing Eddie Murphy in something for the first time in a while was cool. Um, and Nia Long. Um, and any type of chick flick or romance movie I'm going to watch or any sort of rom-com I'm going to watch. Yeah. And it's going to give me, like, a, a kind of a smidge of like nostalgia of what it used to be like when we had good rom-coms so I'll I'll always watch them um did it give you nostalgia it gave me a sort of nostalgia like just watching just watching people in love and then people meet families like I like movies like that where that's part of it like people meeting people's families for the first Mm. time and like they're getting ready for like certain celebrations and things like that I I like movies like that um but yeah, I'd, it's one of those movies. I don't know if I'd watch it again. If it was on TV, I'd, I'd continue yeah. watching it. But like, yeah, it was it was cute. But I get also that people had issues with certain elements of the movie as well. Yeah, I I had issues. Um, mm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, guys, just for context. The, the film You People, like a new next Netflix film that came out a few weeks ago now, actually, um, starring Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. And I, I think my main issue was that I expected more from Jonah Hill and more from Eddie Murphy. Mm. Just like, I just like, because when just seeing the trailer, I was like, oh my gosh, this film has to be fantastic. Because remember when you used to watch trailers back in the day and you'll see certain actors and you're like, yes, I know this film is going to be a yeah, banger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's just what I was expecting and that's what I was hoping for. And I just felt like it was just a letdown. Like I felt like it was just a bit of a shame. I think and Jonah Hill was trying to something didn't... new. Like he I've never seen him in a character like where his like, desires thing, I didn't have <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, because I didn't have a problem with him being that character. Mm. Cause that's the thing. I didn't actually have a problem with Jonah Hill as a character or Jonah Hill being casted. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that Lauren London didn't really have the chemistry with Jonah Hill. Mm. And I felt like it was her who made it all very awkward. Mm. Um, 
and I think that and I think that's hard to about it's hard to bounce off someone who's not really giving mm-hmm. anything. Um yeah. <laughs> in yeah. yeah, in a sense. And I feel like yeah, because um my side with the film, I feel like Lauren London kind of let let the film down a bit. Um mm. I felt like I felt like it was a shame that Jonah Hill's character was meant to be a guy who was like of the culture, who's into who's in black who's into black culture. You know, the whole point is that he he's a podcaster who does a podcast about black culture mm. with one of his black friends kind of thing. But then it's like as soon as he went to meet his um his mixed race girlfriend's black parents <laughs> as soon as he went to meet his mixed race girlfriend's black parents um all of a sudden it's like he doesn't really understand the culture and it's just like I'm confused because you're meant to be of the culture mm. and then this as well just like yeah so I felt like that was an issue I had another issue I had was the fact that they had no chemistry I just didn't really believe them being in love like I just thought I thought it would have been so nice with Jonah Hill being someone desired and Mm. being desired by someone who like who who um conventionally you wouldn't think would go for him I like Mm. I would have liked to see to have seen more of their love story yeah to actually think that they were in love it's strange because you didn't really notice that they kissed or anything yeah like they didn't they didn't show us the progression it was just like one minute they just randomly met and went on a date and then the next minute they're like at, in the honeymoon phase like yeah like literally all over each other but they're not all over each other yeah but like but, but like not all over each other may, yeah maybe like, like it's like they're emotionally emotionally over each other but like there's no physical contact <laughs> yeah it was kind of like is this just like a, a relationship where there's like no sex or no something strings. you know because yeah, even that yeah. could have been that could have been interesting representation or something you know something different but like but I don't think that was what was intended no. by their relationship. No, same. Um, no. Yeah, because <laughs> there, there was, was nothing missing. in there where, like, even yeah, even from Jonah Hill's side, there was nothing that was just like, oh my gosh, you're so sexy. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this girl is interested in me. There was True. none of that. Like, it was just kind was, of they the, played it like it was normal, and like you see that every day. When yeah, like, no offense to him, and it's you like, don't no. see girls that look like that with guys that look like him so like why did they not yeah if they're not rich into that a bit more <laughs> yeah, yeah like you know especially if they're if, especially if they're not rich and have loads of money do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know it would have been nice to see a bit more of why they why they loved each other and why they yeah. wanted to get married yeah um okay so there was that okay the second thing i really didn't like i didn't like eddie murphy's character i just didn't <laughs> like it I just felt like I felt as well that the black family were ruder than the white family. And that mm. was just making me feel like really uncomfortable. Um, because it was just like, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, it was when um oh, what was it? It was that dinner party scene. Cause I feel like there's a lot of funnier things that could have happened at the dinner party, but they wanted mm. to do Oppression Olympics. And I didn't like how Jonah Jonah Hill, yeah. I'm sorry, th- no, there was a really funny part where um, Lauren London went to, the way we don't even know these people's names, like in the characters yeah, of the film anyway. None of anyway. the characters' but, names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It 
it was weird. Lauren London went to meet Jonah Hill's parents who look younger than Jonah Hill does. Yeah, um, that's they, so they well. went to meet. <laughs> they went to, she went to meet his parents and like the mum, I'm sorry, she was a perfect Karen. She was a perfect Karen. Yeah, her she acting was, was good. She very much... Yeah, she was very much trying to be like the woke, the woke mom kind Mommy. of thing, but just yeah. missing the mark every time. And I felt like the way those characters were portrayed was actually really, really good. Mm. I feel like the black characters, the way they were portrayed was awful. But anyway, so, and there was this, the funniest part, like obviously, um, so you, you got like the sister, like thinking Lauren London is hot. That was the only type, like, see, this is the thing. That was the only attraction, sexual attraction we saw in the film was yeah. from Jonah Hill's sister mm-hmm. <laughs> towards Lauren London. And then the most funniest part was when um, the dad started playing John Legend. I'm sorry, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. And I felt like that interaction was so funny. But then when it came to... Um, Okay, so one critique that I've seen as well is is people questioning, did they consult any black Muslims for this film? Mm. Because the way the characters was, and of course not all like, um, like Islam is not a monolith. Like let's, like not mm. all black Muslims are going to act the same. Cause like that, that is true. Um, but then at the same time, it wasn't very realistic. Like with how you had Eddie Murphy, who's like, he was cussing all the time, a lot of swearing and stuff. And mm. I I was uncomfortable with that because I'm sorry, like I don't know many older black people who would be swearing. I don't mm. I don't know many older black people who swear like that and mm. and stuff. So like that I just thought was weird and I think it would have felt more uncomfortable kind of like to have a dynamic where you've got the strict black parent where it's just like who do you think you're talking to rather than he's cussing alongside yeah. with the future son-in-law. Yeah. Like I thought that yeah. was a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And I felt as well that Jonah Hill was very much kind of like stop checking his parents when they were towing the line. Lauren Lunder did not check her parents yeah, once. That made me uncomfortable. The fact that they were never in the wrong yeah. with her. She just like and anyone yeah. would check their parents if if that was happening. Like Exactly. I feel like anyone would. Or they they'd make it safe yeah. enough for him to like I don't know. You just wouldn't bring because, him around them. Like you'd do something about it. Yeah. You, you wouldn't keep repeating the same like broken record over and over again and like making him yeah. uncomfortable. It, exactly. Because they were trying to play on the step on, well, which apparently is something that Kenya Barris does all the time. He likes playing mm-hmm. on stereotypes and like, just like taking the most obvious stereotypes and running with it basically. Mm-hmm. So he was playing on the stereotype of um, black people and Jewish people not getting along I don't know where that has come from. I don't know why that is even a stereotype. <laughs> I didn't know but, that was a um, thing. <laughs> yeah, like neither did I until I was hearing people's hot takes and saying that that was a stereotype. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's played on the stereotype. And I like, I just felt it was a bit like, okay, you've got your pair, your so-called parents towing the line with kind of anti-Semitism a bit, but then you're not checking your parents. Like, I feel like Jonah Hill has every right not to want to be with you right now mm, and not yeah. to want to marry you because you're not trying to check your parents once. And all of them, like both of your parents were out of line because then the mum wanted to start, Nia Long wanted to start mentioning, oh, are you trying to compare the Holocaust with slavery? Like, no, let's look, can we just not do this? Like, it's not even a fun it's yeah. not it's, there's nothing fun about that like there's nothing to compare like both both 
both atrocities were disgusting events that have happened in history mm. and awful events that have happened in history like why does there need to be a hierarchy of who is the most oppressed and all of this mm. stuff and this whole thing about how oh yeah but um yeah because there was one comment that someone that people like kind of we're talking about how oh about how um when Nia Long says something about how oh yeah but um some of the, some of some some of the Jews were slave masters or something like that and still mm. and have wealth from slavery as well and it's just kind of like yeah but why why is this the argument and it doesn't really make sense for you guys to come into someone into to come into someone's home and to have that prejudice against someone's family mm. when you haven't even met the family. Like, it didn't yeah. make any sense. Like, why are you here then? Yeah. Like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that those were my main gripes of the film. And um, obviously the... Um, yeah, and... The, the Laura London being light-skinned black women, the product of two <laughs> dark-skinned, <laughs> like brown-skinned black people. Black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, even though they tried to put in some kind of explanation, but still the sun came out darker than Lauren London, innit? Um, it's always the case with yeah. everything. Like, why is the daughter always mixed race, but the parents yeah. and the brother are all black? <laughs> Literally, I mean, they managed to get like a darker skinned woman, um, darker skinned mom this time, but still, mm. like, yeah, it, it literally is like, I, and to be honest, I do feel like Lauren London was one of the main people throwing off the film. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like I like because I was hair. just kind of like, oh. Her hairstyles were very cute, yeah, and she looked good, yeah, she looked, she looked good. good in the film. But she was just awkward the whole way through. Mm. And um, yeah, and I I was also just kind of like, <laughs> it was funny because I was kind of, I watched it and I was just like, is Lauren London just like not good at acting? Because I actually haven't seen her in anything. Like, I, I, I didn't know who she was. I, like, oh, I didn't really? know who she was until, yeah, until when, until Nipsey Hussle died and everyone was talking about, mm. oh my gosh, it's so sad for Lauren London. Same. I was just like, I, I, to be honest, I, I hadn't heard of Nipsey Hussle either. I'm not even going to lie no, to you. Had I. I hadn't heard any of his music. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's not just me. It's not just me. Because <laughs> I, I never heard, heard one them. of his songs. Like, no disrespect. No, never. But then I learned about him. The first him time and I, was I heard like, his oh, song was after seen... he died. Literally, I uh, when I learned about him, I was like, "Oh, he seemed cool," but like, no one I yeah. know has ever mentioned his name, like in in my life. Exactly. So can people stop pretending? Like, and no one online. His, like, he was their favorite heart artist. Yeah, no one online that I huh? followed knew. No one online no. that I followed knew he like. They, no one posted about him ever before. Like, I'd never even recognized. Even on those Spotify like mixed playlists, I look through things like, oh, hip hop. I'd never ever seen him. Like, I w- I was like, who is this man that's just been killed? I have no idea. Literally, no. <laughs> Literally, and mm. um. Yeah, and know what? I think it's really great of us that we can admit that. You know, yeah, like same. if any of our listeners listeners want to feel seen right now, like like yeah. you know, don't like come back to us. We'll help you. We'll help you feel seen. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, and like and another thing, because like someone someone mentioned as well, because I just watch was watching reviews because because you had said that you liked the film, and I was like, this film, I don't feel like it was yeah 
like, bare, like I wouldn't say I dislike it. I think I think I do like it. Okay, but I don't hate it. Like it's just kind of like it's there. Okay, like I'd rate it. I'd rate it probably like okay, it's a just two there. out of five. Like it's just there. Oh, two out of five. Yeah, because I was giving it out of ten. I was saying it was a four for me mm. out of ten. Yeah, like, there was some funny bits. I expected more from such a big cast. I expected more from, you know, like, I feel like there's better jokes than Eddie Murphy trying to get Jonah Hill to say the N-word. I feel like there's better yeah, jokes. Yeah, we're past that now. That. Yeah, we're past, we're Literally, really past that. Literally, that was so boring. <laughs> and then, you know, trying to embarrass him by playing basketball. Like, mm. that was boring to watch as well. <laughs> Taking to a barbershop in the wrong neighborhood. It's an older man that's produced the movie and directed the movie, isn't it? So he's still moving with these tropes from like back Ken, in the nineties. Kenya Barris, <laughs> he's not he's not that old. Though, is he not? I don't think he's the one who did Blackish and Grownish. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris. Mm. He is old. He's got like a I've, very grey beard. He's of the he's of the age where just like 50. these sort of things. This is what he finds funny. And mm. that, the fact that he wants to hang on to stereotypes, but yeah. this is the thing: can we just get like young, younger writers and talent, more talented writers in these rooms, please? Because like it's just getting boring now. I know it is getting boring, especially when they're making movies and like TV series about young people. It's like, oh, do you know anyone? Yeah, like-, <laughs> like can we actually have some some people who are Gen Z writing for Gen Z mm. audience for Gen Z? Like, and can we have people who are actually from Gen Z acting in these in these shows as well, please? Like, <laughs> got all these 30 year olds <laughs> pretending to be high schoolers. Like, the it's fuck? It's true. It's true. And like, even coming to a point where Gen Z are even not, they're not in high school anymore. So it's like, can, like... Yeah. The ge- Gen <laughs> COVID, whoever they are, the COVID yeah. Gen. I but, don't know. There's um oh, what was I gonna say? Mm. Oh yeah, so there's there's a huge gap in the market with these movies like rom coms mm-hmm. and older people. Like you don't see older romantic movies. So why don't these old directors cater for their kind of age range and create movies about Ugh. things that culturally relate to to them? <laughs> Well, I think, but then that's the thing. Is that what um he did? He did that program, Black as Fuck. Is is that what that was? Um, I have never watched that, and no, apparently it was I awful. Have no idea what it's about. <laughs> apparently it was awful, and um, or maybe like you know, like stuff like um, what is it, Marlon and stuff like that. Maybe mm. that is what they're doing. Because like they're doing, there's a lot of blended family kind of sitcoms yeah. that's coming out at the moment and stuff. Maybe that's what they're doing. Um, maybe. But then as well, and like like they're they're still trying to hold on to the old, to the old like eighties nineties sitcom, but it's not transitioning well in this era. Mm. That's what I find. Like everything just seems way too over the top. And it's just not hit. The storylines just aren't hitting. Like they're not quite managing, managing to get that seriousness with that, with the comedy properly. Mm. I feel like that's what's what the struggle is. Yeah, and the, but I, I also think feel like well, they just need younger writers. Yeah, like with with the age that we're living in with social media, people like quick comedy. We like things quickly presented to us. And if the jokes aren't banging like on these sitcoms quickly. 
people just aren't going to engage. Mm-hmm. So they, they really do need well, but- really good like script writers and people that yeah. know I feel how like- to make people laugh instantly. <laughs> and what is funny? Because I mm. feel like... <coughs> Sorry, guys. I feel like the jokes at the moment are very... Oh, what? oh, I had it in my head what I wanted to say. I feel like the jokes are very kind of like over over the top and forced at the moment. Like they're really trying to force it. And it's just mm. like, you're not, it's not quite, it's not hitting. It's yeah. Not, it's not the yeah. same. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't actually Definitely, remember the last but, time I watched um, something that came out that was funny, like recently, like in the past, like, couple of years like i don't think i really watch anything funny anymore unless it's youtube or or social like instagram reels yeah (laughs) so i can't say couple of years i think i think last 10 years i would say um brooklyn (laughs) 99 is the only thing that i feel like is funny and more recent but even that like the later series isn't as good as the beginning um yeah i started watching um ted lasso as well and i find find that quite funny um but i stopped watching for some reason but that's another like kind of i don't know if it's a sitcom it's just like a comedy kind of like show and that's quite funny Mm -hmm. i think that's in the past couple of years um i just watched it on like a a streaming like weird streaming website oh but it's quite good actually it's quite a good one you know, like when it comes like with insecure and stuff like that, mm. like we need more writers who are just writing just just normal experiences. That's mm. funny. Cause I feel like with insecure, what was good about insecure is that like Issa Rae is writing about her own generation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So even like with the topics that they had for their generation, like with the when um when Molly was uncomfortable with um, the guy she was seeing that he had experimented with the same sex and she felt Mm. uncomfortable about that. Like, I feel like that's a very, like a very older millennial thing to be uncomfortable with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And and stuff like that, I feel like is interesting when people are writing about their own generations Mm -hmm. and can get that funny and can get all of that in there. And I think that, yeah, we just need younger writers. We just need like our generation, like our age now in mm-hmm. the in the writers' rooms. That's what we need. Yeah. And to be yeah. heard in the writers' rooms, not to be silenced because oh they're junior they're junior writers. Like, no, I'm sorry, let these junior writers write and pitch their ideas because we're just gonna be in that same cycle of of when when it's our turn to write stuff, we're a generation late. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening at the moment. Yeah, it's true because there are things that are coming out that are like based on teenagers. So like um, Euphoria and shows like that, but they're not comedies. It's like mm-hmm. it's gritty and it's, it, yeah. again, it's like 30 year olds playing children. And it's- And it's very like- It's very drama. Not, okay, cool. And the fact that they're high schoolers, but they're all doing all these drugs and having sex all the time, yeah. it's not to real life. That's yeah, like, it's also just very, not real life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like some of these things that like, maybe they should be set in college because it's a bit much. Like a lot of the things is a bit mm. much. Like I, I like I would like I want to see more things that are, that is a bit more real. Like, um, have you watched Heartbreak High? No, I haven't. No. That that's really good. Where it's actually. High, uh, base, set in high school the high school drama is quite high school there isn't too much happening mm. that it's just like so over the top and 
Yeah, and they look like high schoolers and I feel like they're close to the mm. ages of high schoolers who are acting. And that's that's actually really good. Heartbreak High is really good. Mm, okay. Um, I'll watch that. Yeah. And even like with sex Harlem, education. Though. Sex education I, isn't Yeah, sex oh, education. Yeah, I think you've recommended it to me a few times, haven't you? Yeah, Harlem is like very um it's like sex in the city meets insecure it's very like um oh. everyday black woman in her like 30s kind of like the same age range okay. as like Issa and her girls yeah um, yeah that kind of stuff like navigating work relationships families yeah it's quite it's a good That's, one yeah don't you find it weird that there's not that many kind of like university college college dramas yeah there's not or shows why because like considering like yeah because considering like for me a lot of things more things happened to me when I went to university than high school you know like you know more things was happening I came into like my own person a bit more do you know what I Mm. mean I was around more people because now because you're kind of living your you're living a mini life, you know, because you're not at home kind of thing. Like, mm. but like, but the the kind of college dramas that you get, they're just also out there. Like just random shit happens and all these drugs and shit. And it's just like, no, what? Like not everybody's doing hard drugs. Yeah, like, yeah. All the time. And even so, like, like these, these things are all based in high school. But like, for me at least, a lot of people I know didn't, start doing drugs until uni didn't start getting drunk until uni didn't lose their virginity until uni but I feel like these movies like and these shows like bringing it forward because there's just a paedophilic like underline of everything that comes out of Hollywood they like the idea that these people are underage and they're being rebellious and you know all that kind of stuff and I feel like that has to be part of it because there's no other reason for it not reaching uni and also, do you feel like it's also like to try and influence the younger generation to make it seem so normal that, yeah, mm. drugs, alcohol, that's what you're going to come into contact with. Like, this is all normal. Maybe. It's like... Yeah, maybe. You know, like, they, they might not they might not start doing it in high school, mm. but, like, when it, can, when it gets to a point where, like, they do come into contact with it, it's like, oh, well, they this is normal because we see it on every single high school show. Yeah, like, that that could be it. But like, even I'm thinking when I was growing up, and I used to watch Skins, and I'd go to school. Skins is mad. And what's funny about Skins is that I wasn't influenced by the drug side of it. I was influenced by the kind of like Cassie storyline, and like she had eating disorder, mm-hmm. mental health problems. I didn't have any of that, but I kind of yeah. wanted that. I wanted to have something that made me That's crazy. a bit different. Like, like it was, it's kind of glamour glamorized yeah, like, to you. Like it was a and trend. That was. <laughs> Especially in the Tumblr age, though, that's yeah, when the Tumblr, Tumblr, the Tumblr girl was in trend. Honestly, that Tumblr, that's crazy. I had nothing wrong with me, but I wanted something wrong because <laughs> I just wanted wow. to be that girl. Mad. <laughs> that, <laughs> that girl. Oh my gosh! Actually, <laughs> we can get girl. onto that girl as well later. We can get onto the it girls later because I, I did put it on the, I yeah. put it on the the list as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was um what I felt of felt about you people. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> um, let us know if you guys if you guys liked the film or if you felt it missed the mark as well. If you felt like Eddie Murphy's character was 
damn out of order like I did because I'm sorry like I'm sorry he was doing too mm. much and I was like I'd be embarrassed was... for this person to be my family member if that was the case um mm. and as well I felt like it, they missed an opportunity of black people checking their family as well because I'm sorry we do we do have to check our own family members too like mm. black people aren't always in the right like do you know what I mean yeah Just, and I even think from like yeah. the perspective of him being a man someone needed to check him on his misogyny because it's the way that he was treating his daughter yeah. so possessively and clingy none of that was checked it and was that weird. was even addressed yeah I don't like the way that yeah. dads act weird with their daughters where it's like you're I, an object <laughs> But like, I didn't get it because Lauren London, it was like Lauren London just had her eyes and ears closed to it. It was like, she didn't even yeah. notice that that's what, that's what was happening. And it was just like, mate, can you not hear what's being said? And you're not even trying to back up your boyfriend anyway. Like she was no help at all to her boyfriend in any of these situations. Like Mm-mm. this guy's your fiance and you are not helping at all. Like, why would he want to enter your family when you're not <laughs> you're not trying to back him up at all? You're not trying to tell your parents off for being for being anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic. <laughs> that, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, or an anti-Semite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you weren't trying to check your family at all for that. And like, like yeah. Like I'm sorry. Like. Yeah, black people, we need to check our families too. Like I know I I check my family when they say wild things. I'm like, I'm sorry, like, mm. okay, I don't like when they're saying something, I'm like, look, no, I'm sorry. Can we just correct that? Or like, you know, I'll stick up for things when it's just like they're being a bit like they want to be a bit ignorant on purpose. And it's like, look, you guys aren't gonna be ignorant when I'm in the room. I'm sorry. Like I'm mm. going to I'm going to stand up for other sides, you know, and like and like I'm sorry that that is a normal experience for black people too it's Mm -hmm. not just you know like we can also check our family yeah I just felt like they missed an opportunity there as well yeah they missed a lot yeah yeah um but anyway yeah anyway you people four out of ten for me two out of five for Deanna yeah I do my ratings out of fives like normal people (laughs) Well, no, because you do ratings out, you do stars out of five, yeah, that's and you do ratings out of ten. Okay, okay, I I always rate in stars. That's why. Um, Okay, so you you're giving it two star. I was giving it a four out of ten. Yeah, which I think translates to a two star. Yeah, probably about the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's because I didn't want to sound too too harsh. (laughs) That's why I did out of ten. Because it's a black movie, so we'll give it. A few extra yeah. points. <laughs> yeah, even even though he was trying to get Jonah Hill to say to to, <laughs> to say the song's name title "Nigger in Paris." <laughs> oh my god! Also, um, that was there's embarrassing. This, there's this app that I use. It's called Letterboxd, and you can rate movies yeah. on there. And me, my brother, and my oh, sister you? always do it. Like I, I always check it, and like they've always got new reviews. So anyone, if you're trying to find me on there, I think think my name is um, Deanna Blake, the same as the Instagram or Deanna B underscore, mm-hmm. same as Instagram. But um, yeah, it's actually funny. Like people's reviews are so fucking hilarious because people don't take it seriously. It's like a joke. Like the whole, okay. <laughs> the whole app is a joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't reviewed that yet. I need to leave a review. Um, I, bet, I bet it's got mm-hmm. like five stars. <laughs> five, five stars. <laughs> Because it's so woke. <laughs> no, most of the time, people are really harsh. Like they they rate things so okay, low. Okay. No, but I can no, I can understand them being really harsh. But I thought mm. if people were taking the piss, they'll just give it like make it really high <laughs> oh. and stuff that's really shit. Like, 
That's funny. Anyway, what did you say that app was called? News. It's called Letterboxd. <laughs> Letterboxd. B-O-X. And then I think it's a D. It's, it's spelt weird. Um, but oh, yeah, it's a boxed. Boxed, yeah. Boxed it. Boxed it. Okay, cool. But it's a funny app. Yeah, and yet, you guys whenever find Diana on there. Whenever there's a black director, I always rate them a bit higher. I'm like, mm, I don't uh. want to... I don't want to ruin your. Oh, that, that's why this one will get two stars, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it should be <Yeah>. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the news. Um, real quick. Um, so Jason Arde is to become the youngest ever black profess- professor at Cambridge University, um, which is really cool. He. Um, is a sociologist and from the age at the age of 11 was the first time that he spoke so he's got um autism age 11 was the first time he spoke he didn't learn to read or write until the oh, wow. age of 18 and now he's um the youngest ever black professor of cambridge university which is incredible really it's really cool how old yeah. is he now um he is 37 So oh, wow. huge achievement. Um, and I just like That's seeing amazing. people winning and like doing things because this was one of his dreams. So um, it's a massive thing for him, um, which is really, really cool. So congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Um, we love that. Then, Black excellence. Yes. Five stars. And then <laughs> I'll pour... <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> Um, so Dr. Shola everyone must have seen this by now but people have been Mm. a group a specific group um, National Action London National Action London right wing extremist terror organisation found founded in 2013 sent her a letter with death threats on it threatening messages about it is awful they'll they know where she lives and they'll hurt her family if she continues to speak out on tv about um like white supremacy and eradicating white supremacy uh which is just yeah awful like how like how people can say such things and also like one of the main kind of things in the letter that I noticed that they highlighted is that they know that she lives in a nice house and people like that there we have it like it's the jealousy mm-hmm. that comes with when when people when white people see that black people are doing good it triggers a group mm-hmm. of white people because it's like they've got this man- mentality where they they should be at the top and when they see people of color yeah taking and over you don't, they don't deserve it yeah. yeah, they feel like they don't deserve it because people of colour are inferior. And it's just, it, it's horrible. Like, she's, I don't know, I, she seems to be doing okay and she said that it won't shut her up, but that's the front that she's putting on the internet. Internet, Like, you just don't mm-hmm. know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, yeah, and the way that will mess with your mental health, like, and mm. the thing is, is that this is really dangerous because they put her whole address out there. They have her address mm-hmm. and they said that they've been watching her. Like, that is just fucking scary. And yeah, like, these that's, people- that's my fear. These people could be just so fucking mad. They could do anything. Like, mm-hmm. they could do anything. They could like, you know, like, cause we've heard about like these terrorist groups where, 
um, they come and they throw petrol bombs and stuff like that. Like they could do mm. anything. And I just really hope that the police are taking this seriously. I really hope that they have security, um, mm-hmm. like like proper security, just to stop anything from happening to Dr. Shola. Because I'm sorry, she's a national treasure at this point. Like, mm. like, um, yeah, yeah, she needs just, like, proper security. Like, yeah, protect Dr. Shola at all costs, please, because like we love her and. Mm. Um, this is just is terrifying. Like, do you, can you believe though? Because this is so terrifying. The fact that my, this got even got to my mum, and she sent it to me on WhatsApp. Aww. Like, my mum even saw this, and my mum knows. Like, just to the point, my mum knows that I love Dr. Shola and that I mm. I know of Dr. Shola that she's that she sent it to me. Like, you know, and it's just that mm. that's how scary this is. Um. But yeah, like protect Dr. Shola at all costs. And because I'm sorry, this is not, it's not okay. Like how can you even leave your house or feel okay just going to the shop? Do you yeah, know what I no mean? way to live. And it's just, it's this thing again where prominent black female figures online getting death threats. Like we've seen it with Alani and Kalechi yeah. getting death threats from black men. Now we're seeing it, Dr. Shola. It's like the most famous and yeah. liberated women online are the ones yeah. that are getting targeted, and which is just terrifying because really they're role models. A lot of women are aspiring yeah. to be as liberated as these women. And as, and as well, like, can we check, can we like check the language? Because, you know, like when it came to Olani mm. um, and tr- trigger warning, because the word exterminated was used for Alani mm. and like this is the same word that has been used in the letter to Dr. Shala so can these mm-hmm. black men roll back to your to to your other black people black men that you want to be making excuses for and everything because when they want to use language like exterminated in the same sentence mm-hmm. of a black woman's name like can you understand how how violent that language is, please. Yeah, like that's that's understand a whole how different. violent that language is. Yeah. It is. And as well, like, and as well, even just the fact the term exterminated, what do we use the term exterminated for? We we use it towards a vermin. Mm-hmm. Can we can you just deep that as well? Yeah. You know. We, we use it towards vermin, and it's also like in the same, and it's in the same like for of execution like can you just deep that these words that this language is very violent and and like these choice of words while they might just be saying it but it's it is a choice of word because mm. you didn't say that Olani just needs to shut up like you said that she needs to be silenced mm-hmm. and the only way to do that is 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 through this death threat. Like that's, you know, like just, we need to understand the power of the words that are being used and actually hold that and hold these people to account of using it. Um, mm. So like if the same words can be used by um, these far, far right extremists, you know, and white supremacists, but these black men want to use the same words on black women, we do have a, we have a problem. Mm. It's true. Using the tools of like white supremacy to oppress yeah. people within your own group is just wild. Yeah. 
which <laughs> which these black men have been doing to black women this whole time just be, just because you don't like that they that they speak up and that they talk about sex and they speak up on your behalf you don't like it like the thing is with oh Aloni, I, I find it so surprising because she's overall sex positive she's sex positive by men as well as women mm-hmm. it's not just like yeah but what what is not surprising about the <laughs> about the backlash from these men towards Alani is that they don't want women to be sex positive because they just want to use women's bodies to masturbate with. Yeah, they don't it. want women mm. to know that they can have pleasure during sex. They don't want women to know that they don't that they do not need to have sex with them if they don't want to have sex with them. They don't want women to know that they can change their mind at any time. Mm. That and that's what the problem is: is that Alani yeah. has given has given black women and that and that's and that this is like the emphasis Alani has given black women power over their own bodies mm. and that's what these men don't like because it's like yeah. for them black women have always been there for them to pick up and drop drop whenever they want to mm-hmm. you know they, they've been allowed to treat black women like shit because Black women always want black men and are always pining over black men and always wanting a black man for this so-called black love. Um, so, and this is why these types of black men are always just like, they they pick up black women, treat them, treat them anyhow, however they want to drop them and keep diminishing their self-esteem because they feel like they're allowed to. But what Aloni is doing is actually giving black women courage to have self-esteem to have self-worth and to actually have autonomy over their own bodies and to be like actually and to have power over their own sexuality as well mm. which black women have never been told to have mm. never even been thought of to have sexuality to have any type of sexuality you know mm. except for the sexuality that men have placed upon them like even if it's the high and um, the hypersexuality of being hypersexualized by mm. society which again, that is not autonomy from them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's what they don't like about Alani. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. It's just, you forget how like sinister it is because in my head it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like my, my initial thought is, oh, it's great that everyone feels everybody can have better about making a choice. <laughs> yeah, and everyone can enjoy. Yeah. But really there are a huge proportion of men that do not care. And there are a huge proportion yeah. of men that are rapists and abuse women. Mm. Like I just, oh, mm-hmm. sometimes I forget that, that we one live right there. Here. Mm. <laughs> Literally, that Bile. one right there. Extremely, but anyway, like, yeah, prayers with Dr. Shola and her family. Mm-hmm. Can we and just like let's just like I really pray that they do have some really good security. And you know what? Can the police actually be doing something? Because like these these groups, these far right extremist white supremacy groups cannot still be cannot be existing. Can they do something about it? Mm. Please. Police. These Get people should be in jail. Mm. In it. Literally. Listen to listen to Molly May and Kim Kim Kardashian, <laughs> please. Get up and work. Nobody <laughs> wants to work anymore. Get your fucking assessment and work. We all have the same twenty four hours as Beyonce, okay? Um, yeah <laughs> that's never gonna die <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to die never <laughs> um okay so 
I'm sure by now a lot of people have heard about this chat GPT optimizing language models for dialogue tool. That's apparently what what it is. So it's a tool that like, if you want an essay written for you, you talk into it and you say, hey, write an essay on the Russian revolution and blah, 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 blah. And they'll just write an essay for you. Hey, write an email to my manager saying that I'm sick and that I won't be in until tomorrow. And it writes an email for you. It's like a really intuitive tool that Mm -hmm. I think is being trialed at the moment. So like, I know a few people that are trialing it. Um, but yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, how everyone's going to access it, but it's going to just change the way that the world is because if everyone gets their hands on it, then it's literally like, no one's going to have to do much. (laughs) So like the thing is, yeah. Okay. So I've seen someone using it. Mm. Um, and they thought I just wasn't being supportive, but (laughs) not to say like, I I am like, I am supportive. I am supportive, um, Mm. but like, cause I feel like I get this tool, like when it comes to writing emails, yeah. Like who wants to write a frigging email? Just help me write an email. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it'd be great with writing CVs, writing frigging cover letters, amazing personal statements. Yeah. Maybe, but like, I feel like, but the thing is, is that all of these things, AI at the moment, uh, and I'm sure like in the future, this is where it could go. But um, mm-hmm. I'll get onto it in a second. But AI at the moment can only do like the basis of something, like the skeleton of that personal statement, for example. And mm. then you'd probably have to go in to, to kind of add in the details. And I think that is just a really great tool and a really great way that you can actually kind of get started on something and mm. where it's very helpful. Um I feel like when it comes to essays and stuff, there needs to be some kind of control. Like, and okay, Mm. yeah, some people who think I'm not supportive might feel that I'm just being a bit extra and like, you know, Mm. like this makes people's lives easier and stuff. But I'm sorry for someone who really tried hard in their English exams and stuff. And who like, I pride on myself on the fact that I feel like I am good at writing and, and I feel a sense of achievement when I've been able to write something myself. Like, I just Mm -hmm. feel like it's cheating a bit (laughs) to an extent and and if it is that and like I feel like there needs to be a tool that that can tell just like how Turnitin can check for plagiarism that can tell that you've Mm -hmm. used chat this chat GPT because it's not fair like it's it's not fair like obviously when it comes to personal statements and that whatever fine but when it comes to like essays and stuff that you submit in for tests and stuff like I don't I don't think it's fair um but I also don't feel like where is there going to be the basis or any personality if the chat GPT is just kind of writing it or like you know Mm. like cool it's written something and it's got it there in front of you but it doesn't mean that there's going to be any essence to the writing like because what differentiates the AI from a good writer do you know what I mean like what makes something good writing like it might be cool for the everyday but would it be good enough for like you know would it be good enough for you know something that you can actually put your stamp on and actually be proud to call it yours like is there any essence to it because you know you like but like obviously I understand that you 
it's not all AI. It doesn't just write something for you. You do have to do a bit <laughs> of work to get it to to get yeah. it to do it. So I feel like there's just lots of questions on it. And then as well, just like okay, then this is my question that I just that I mentioned before is that cool is ai going to get to a place where it knows us so much that it can put our our essence into it like Mm. it can put our personality into our personal statement it can like it knows us just that much that it can predict that like like say like for example i was writing a personal statement and i and i was just like okay um write a personal statement and include all my hobbies and stuff like that and this could tell me about how yes um yes i am like an avid worker I ha- I do lots of things on the side I like roller skating I like doing this because AI will know all of this because I've got videos of me roller skating I've got mm. you know do you know what I mean like everything I do on technology and like it could tell me it could it, like the AI could generate and just say yes um I love to I am an avid traveler and because and I explore this many places a year. That's why that's my passion. And like, like literally the AI could be out, could easily be able to predict those things because it knows what, what plane tickets I've bought ready to go to. Mm. It knows, um, it knows where I've been. It's got all the pictures. It knows that I like taking pictures. It knows that I roller skate. It knows that I like doing my hair. It knows that I, you know, do you know what I mean? And like, is it going to get to a place where the AI could actually generate something that is so personal to us that we didn't even know? And then is it going to start predicting? <laughs> is it going to start predicting our actions? Like, yeah, sorry, guys. I just wanted to scare you. I actually, I'm so interested in AI. I, I, yeah, I just think it's so cool. But yeah. <laughs> it sounds like if all that was to happen, then there'd be no point in even being because <laughs> someone else yeah. is being for us but that's um that's kind of like where the world's going to know this is just yeah. the start of it yeah <laughs> yeah well it says microsoft plans to integrate um chat gpt into our virtual search experience through bing mm-hmm. um, but i've been like just doing some general reading about like the biases that are occurring and just some of the Mm -hmm. things that you'd you'd probably imagine like people have been trying to they've been asking the software to kind of search for black like historians and black like key figures and musicians and stuff like that so people from like the early I don't know, like the 1920s, like rock singers from the 1920s, rock and roll singers, and they're not coming up. But like you type, you you speak about any sort of white rock and roll artist, they'll come up. So it's like it's been whitewashed, obviously, because these things Mm -hmm. are created by white men. So they're not intelligent enough yet. Um, But even that makes sense because Bing searches. Yeah, because even that makes sense though, because like, even Googling, we can't Google everything. Like I still try, mm-hmm. I still find it hard to That's try and find, thinking. to try and Google stuff on like Caribbean history. I still find that hard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not there because, well, they because they burnt up all the fucking history books for one. Um, mm. you, um, you know, that, that is our British royal family. You know, they made sure to burn mm-hmm. everything, you know, cause they don't, yeah. they don't want the trace there. And it's just like, yeah like because so even that is just that even makes sense and it's and just like how you know that twitter robot like Mm. it's just gonna learn what people feed in so it's like 
<laughs> yeah, until they decide to actually go and get fed in about like, you know, these, mm. you know, these 1920s black musicians and stuff. It's not going to learn it and it's not going to yeah. have out. It's just going to take longer for it to get black, um, to get black, um, black history and black knowledge on there. And yeah. until, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because even with anyway, sorry, like Spotify, on. I've been trying to look, I've been listening to podcasts about like 1980s hip hop, female hip hop artists, like some of the originators of uh, the hip hop okay. scene. And I've been listening to podcasts. There's like a few podcasts about the originals and I've been looking them up and trying to find their songs. And like, you can find a few on YouTube, but Spotify has none. And it's like, why is this not mm. on here? Like, I don't understand why. And I get some people, they have the rights to all of their music and like Spotify can't access any of it. But it, it just seems funny that none of them are, or a lot of them aren't actually on Spotify. And I guess there are mm. oversights in areas. There's going to be, there's bound to be over, oversights in a lot of areas. But it's like, if again and again, yeah. it's always going to be in the areas of black women and black people, then there needs to be like more of an effort to gather this kind of information. Um, and Cause mm-hmm. the contributions of black people are just going to vanish like throughout history. If our yeah. tech isn't staying up to date and people are just going to be just not included and wiped out. Like mm-hmm. they weren't even an important thing. Like, because really I find generally like hip hop is interesting, like the origins of it. And you'd kind of want to know because it's such a big thing you'd want to know like who the key figures are and who who the original um artists are that kind of created such a huge thing but you, you can't access it like because it's it's hidden yeah or the, the men are spoken about and the women aren't and it's just it's so frustrating yeah. um that technology can't give you the, all of the information but i guess it takes time and it takes real like inclusion um which isn't doesn't seem to be taking place in that that part of the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, annoying. But yeah, it, it, it is crazy though. Mm. And it, and it's also it's also exciting because it's mm-hmm. exciting to see like how because I feel like we're always kind of a bit confused of how much more can technology advance but then like Black Mirror and all of these other and all these futuristic programs they all have these ideas but then it's like actually seeing it in real life and seeing it yeah. in fruition what what is coming out it's just like oh wow like yeah mm-hmm. and but the thing is is that like it's, we've had this technology for a while because what is predictive texting? Mm-hmm. And we've it's had true. that since since the uh, you know the Nokia's the Nokia's used mm. to predictive text. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's a similar ish ish. It's just well, this is just like the next the next mm-hmm. iteration of that in a sense. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to chat about like it girls? Yeah. Or sure. do you want to? I'm just you trying to wrap up. Oh, I think we can do another topic. I just is the it girls one the yeah. the ice spice one. Well, I was gonna or say we can talk about ice spice. Life. I was gonna or or soft life. 
I was Best thinking more soft, soft life, life cause I, or... Yeah, because I, I can't be bothered to talk about the girls. Okay, yeah. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to chat about kind of like this whole idea of having a soft life and also like that rise of kind of stay-at-home girlfriend trends and stuff like that. Mm. And like, while like I love the idea of soft life, I really, like I really enjoy the aesthetic and especially like seeing black women live a soft life and the, and the sentiment behind soft life. But then with the whole kind of things like when it's like people are kind of doing the soft life in conjunction with being a stay at home girlfriend. Like, I feel like I'm not here for that. Like, I feel like, mm. um, cause I feel like as well, the soft life previously, there was a grind <laughs> to be able to have that soft life kind mm. of thing. Like there's a, like, like, there's a grind behind the soft life to be able to have that soft life. And, um, you know, is and like, I feel like I'm- Is that what it is to you though? Or is that what it is to me, generally? To me, Okay. No, this is to me. I think generally, okay, I think what soft life, I think, because I think soft life and stay-at-home girlfriends are two different things. Mm. But I think um, this this idea of a soft life um, generally for black women is this idea of black women actually being able to do things for themselves, to be seen as fragile, to be seen as delicate, to be seen as soft, to be seen as being, um, as being worthy of living that lifestyle of luxury but and mm. of not having to always be the the point of call, the person who has to be doing going up and down, doing everything and all of that stuff, like and actually being seen as a woman kind of thing, mm. being seen as you know date like being seen as woman in a sense, and that's what I believe soft life is for black women because I believe soft life is for me. Um, mm. But I know, but sometimes I think that there's this idea with, with soft life and stuff. Everyone's like, yeah, soft life, soft life, soft life. But I feel like people are kind of like thinking that soft life means you don't work and you don't have stress and you don't do those things. Mm. But I feel like, but I I feel like soft. I don't think soft life is absence is absence of work or absence of, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah absence of working hard I feel like it's just like no just actually seeing yourself as a woman and seeing yourself as no you don't have to be all the time independent doing everything for yourself and I feel like that's what soft life is mm. <laughs> you know and actually being able to be loved by the universe and being loved by mm. everybody around you and even like being loved in a relationship that's what I believe soft life is um, yeah that's interesting I, yeah but I feel like there's this kind of like misunderstanding that soft life means, yeah, soft life, I don't have to do anything. But I don't think that's what it is. In my head, I see soft life as like th- there's there's two versions. So there's the one that's unattainable for me. So it's soft life, you're a nepotism baby. Maybe you're Tracy Ellis Ross or your Solange mm. and your sister is like mm-hmm. rich or willow smith someone that's like kind of sorted from the start and Mm -hmm. they're out here they're just you know going to concerts they're playing instruments they're just getting high (laughs) just chilling chilling (laughs) because they can in their big houses yeah in their big gardens because they can with their family and you know just doing like traveling where they want to travel so there's that which isn't attainable for most people and then there's the other one that i think is 
kind of making the most of the simple things that you have and kind of what you were just saying there about um, being open to like feel loved and not feeling the need to like struggle on a day-to-day. So like, you know, mm-hmm. if if you're going food shopping like me, get an Uber home. Don't, don't strain yourself yeah. carrying things. Like having the capacity and the tools to actually be able to, you know, help yourself, um, mm-hmm. whether that's like financially. But also accepting help. Yeah, accepting yeah. help. Um, whether whether that's like financially or emotionally, just knowing how to regulate things and not pushing yourself to the point where you're straining. I feel like that's yeah. kind of soft life. And like, even in your career, it's like, you kind of, you know when to not stay somewhere too long and stay in a place where you're not wanted. Yes. You know when to like free yeah. yourself from those kind of situations. So that's how I see it. It's like, you know yourself, yeah. you know where you're valued and you just go to where you're valued. Um, yeah. And yeah, the, the kind of, the being at, like the home, the home girlfriends and stuff like that, that might be the thing for some people. But then I don't know, there's a, I don't know. I feel like that there's more to life. At that least. sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, literally the whole, this whole concept mm. of the stay at home girlfriend, like, which I know is very much kind of from TikTok. I know that the girl who was kind of like the whole stay at home girlfriend kind mm. of, which we call it picture of what a stay at home mm. girlfriend is. I know like she's white and she's blonde and you know, anyway. And mm. I, but I just find it crazy. But I, but I also feel like this thing she's not telling us as well. Cause she's talking about how she's a stay at home girlfriend and how she gets up, she does the cleaning, she does the laundry. She'll, you know, get his lunch and whatever, iron his clothes, blah, blah, blah. So she's saying all of these things. She's doing this as a stay at home girlfriend. And saying like, and how he'll give her an allowance and blah, blah, blah. Mm. He pays for everything. But it's just like, yeah, but you're not like, you're not not doing anything. Like you you definitely, you're not just living off him. I'm sure that if you guys broke up, you would be able to go home to your parents. You know, you've mm-hmm. done been doing this TikTok lifestyle. You're getting paid by TikTok as well. Like, yeah. come on, you're not, you're, you know, you're not just this kind of housewife without the marriage. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is what's just terrifying about it is that like you're you're doing wife duties as a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like there's no security because if you break up, there's no security. You're not getting half of his assets. Do you know what I mean? You don't have any mm-hmm. kind of claim to any of his assets. Like you supposedly don't have kids with them, you know? Mm you don't have anything linking you with this man if he's just if he's just like mate I'm yeah. done and then if you apply for a job you've got like and they ask oh what's this big gap in your CV yeah <laughs> just gonna say oh as a housewife as a housewife for a little while <laughs> literally I mean I'm but I'm sure she can say TikTok influencer but yeah like, but do yeah. you know what? but yeah so she, her, she won't have a gap in her CV but like for a lot of girls who are looking at this and thinking oh yeah this is goals I'm going to be stay at home girlfriend like isn't it weird we've gone from that whole we've gone from that girl boss trend to yeah stay at home girlfriend (laughs) yeah you know and maybe it was just that it girl was it just that the girl boss was glorified and now it's like the girls who weren't girl bosses that whole time are now like no it's actually our time to shine and let us tell you what we've been up to while you're out here girl bossing (laughs) but then as well though but I 
I feel like the trends kind of overlap because it's like, because both aren't achievable because this stay at home girlfriend mm. lifestyle is not achievable either because you also have to be pretty doing your makeup skinny. You have to be able to be going to the gym, <laughs> keeping your body in shape so you can be that good girl that, you know, you're that girlfriend that he wants to have mm-hmm. in his house doing up stay at home. You know, like you need all of those things. Both I feel like both aren't achievable because the girl boss was keeping in shape all of those things, skinny, looking good and all of that stuff. Mm. While working a nine to five and doing side and doing 20 side hustles and yeah. then the stay-at-home girlfriend is still looking all of those all of those bits of unattainable desirability of attractiveness mm. and all of that and holding down a man somehow <laughs> like both of this <laughs> do you know what I mean holding down a man who's going to mm. keep you as a girlfriend who's going to keep you in his yard like yeah yeah and yeah. where do we even find these men God knows. Where where do you find know. these men with, with the yards? Like, like they're not in, how in old my are age these girlfriends? Range. Yeah, they're not. They're they're not my age. <laughs> how old are these girlfriends? Like, yeah, everything just is like just not attainable. Mm. Yeah, that's why you've got to just make it relative to you. You can't copy everyone's aesthetics online because you just got to do what what yeah. feels right to you. Because like. For some people, for some women, they might like walking and collecting their food, shopping on their own with a trolley and carrying it. But for me, I'm not going to be doing that while it's raining. Like for me, that's yeah. not comfortable. Some people might see that as quite therapeutic. Like, oh, I'm, I'm stretching my legs, I'm walking. But for me, no, that's um, not it. So you've just got to <laughs> work out what you want to do. <laughs> what makes Gianna, you most comfortable. I feel like you just, I feel like you just described... Oh, some people might glamorize the struggle life, but not me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. We're over that. We're over that. I'm not glamorizing like, anything. I'm not glamorizing anything to do with um, fixing cars. Like, sorry, my dad mm. will fix my car for me. <laughs> Soft life. <laughs> Soft like, life. Don't, don't you think? Don't you think it's weird though that we've like as a society we've gone from girl boss independent woman make your own money we're gonna hustle finesse get our money up Mm. to stay at home girlfriend we're gonna stay at home he's gonna pay for everything and we don't need to think of anything like i think the both have always existed though together it's just that one's one i don't know seen more than the other i feel like I feel like they've existed, but then, but I feel like this is getting mad with the, <laughs> like we always, we always knew about the housewife. Yeah. But mm. I feel like with the housewife, at least you know where you stand. At least there's been a marriage. There's been some kind of commitment, which is like cemented you to this person. They've mm-hmm. promised that they are going to, they've promised by law that they are taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? As a stay-at-home yeah. girlfriend, no lawyers are <laughs> no lawyers are involved. You've just said, "Yeah, I'm gonna move in with this person." Like, and I'm assuming as a stay-at-home girlfriend, because you're not meant to be paying rent, you're not meant to pay paying all of these things. You have just moved into someone else's house. They can kick you out and make mm. you homeless at any point. Your name is not on any contracts. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I do and find it's it weird like, that where you're staying is the at security? Home. Yeah, I find it strange if you're staying at home and you haven't got kids. It's like, so what are you at? Yeah, I get. What are you doing? I'm, I'm I'm here for women having choices around what they do and stuff. But I do think 
what what must you get up to? Do you not get lonely? Because I would get lonely being in that house all day cleaning. But I guess they, they might bored. have an allowance to go out with their friends. But sorry, but no yeah. one. Are all of your friends but who are, at home girlfriends? They're working, right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And as well, how do you like kind of promote something that is just like not everybody can do? Like how how is like people are actually thinking, yeah, I want to be a stay-at-home girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it if you want to be a housewife, that's different. But a stay-at-home girlfriend. It's just some girls I, are sick I don't get it. of the gender pay gap and they're like, look, we're out of this now. We're not sacrificing any more of our time. Maybe this is the real soft life. This is like what soft life is supposed to look like. But surrendering. I feel to like capitalism. <laughs> but the thing is though, I don't think soft life is and surrendering to capitalism with no contracts in place is actually a soft life because no. you know how yeah, because like there's no security there. It's an anxious you know, life. Soft life should be yeah, soft life should be secure. You know, mm-hmm. because how can you be a stay-at-home girlfriend and struggle could be around the corner? Honestly, like you're a stay-at-home girlfriend, <laughs> you live in London, all of a sudden you're not a girlfriend anymore and you don't have a job. Then what? Where, Where do, do you, go? you go? You have to go back to Wolverhampton. Or to a hostel. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go back to Essex and go back home to your to your parents. <laughs> You know, go to your seaside town. They won't town. be giving you no soft life. <laughs> they won't be giving you soft life when you go back home. <laughs> Sorry, baby. They won't. Forty-five minute walk to They'll the station. They'll be like, station. go get a job. <laughs> They'll be like, what jobs have you applied to today? <laughs> Why are you just sitting down there not sending out any applications? Back in my day, we had to we had to physically go to the place. That's what they're going to be saying. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my god. No. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my soft life, like, because I feel like I am on the cusp of my soft life era because it's like I'm kind of, I'm kind of trying to live it. But I Mm. feel like, I feel like there's more struggle to come so I can thoroughly (laughs) do it. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like the struggle of just trying to have the money for my soft life is yeah, I feel like there's more struggling to be happening. Hmm. Um, and I, I feel like, because I feel like I need to be in that boss girl era to then be able to reap the benefits to have a soft hmm. life. Because hmm. this this cost of living crisis is, um, it's just not allowing me. <laughs> it's not allowing me to, to live softly. It's like, no, you need to have a hard knock life. <laughs> no soft life <laughs> like Annie. <laughs> uh, actually, don't you think Annie? She ha- she like had a proper soft life story in it because like she had the hard knock life and then and then she managed to she managed to get adopted into nepotism and have a soft life. Hmm. After all the yeah. turmoil and she's abuse, the, she's the true icon for for this era that she we is. all are looking for. <laughs> Someone literally, adopts me the now. summer come out tomorrow, guys. You know, <laughs> she was saying it from tomorrow. from the beginning. <laughs> Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow <laughs> there'll be sun. Sorry, guys. Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, actually, I, I feel like 
we should end on that. Annie is the ultimate. Um, Annie should be the ultimate advertisement for soft life. You know, she went through mm-hmm. the struggle. She went through the, you know, she went through the the boss girl era. You know, she was, mm. you know, doing all those schemes to get all the to get the girls out of out of Miss Hannigan's clutches mm-hmm. and all of that. And then you know, the ends. with the sweeping. Yeah, then she found. Yeah, you're right. She found her MCM. Um, is that what you said? <laughs> you did say that, right? No. What did you just say? What did you say? MCM. I said. She, I said she was in yeah, I everyone's said that she DMs. Found, oh, she's Every- in everyone's DMs. Yeah. I said that Annie found her MCM, her Man Crush Monday, and he adopted her. <laughs> <laughs> she adopted her into nepotism. <laughs> Love it. True yeah. fairy tale. Um, yeah. And then um, now she gets to live soft life and now she's in mm-hmm. nepotism. She can get any job that she wants later on or mm-hmm. be a stay at home girlfriend or housewife. I don't, Annie doesn't really give me housewife vibes, to be honest. No. She doesn't give me soft girlfriend. She doesn't give me, she um, gives me stay at home girlfriend vibes. She'd be volunteering. Activist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, activist, making sure that the children aren't getting abused. On the street, um, Making sure yeah. that the dogs, the dogs aren't getting put down in the pound. Mm-hmm. That's what she gives me. The donkeys are yeah. getting books. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's what she gives me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like the girl boss era is more so my calling because Ooh. I feel like I need to struggle to have, but just just in the sense of, because I feel like what I need to do, I need to be struggling to be able to have my soft life. Like that's that's just what it's feeling like at the moment. Like I need to be doing no. side hustles and shit. Just work smart, work smart with it. Yeah, but I need just some side hustles. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> you need some, something to start I need with. To start some side hustles, yeah. <laughs> But like I'll work mm. smart with the side hustles, but like I don't even know when I'm getting time. But like, but mm. I just need to do something. But yeah, yeah, I know. We'll what you get mean. there. I know what you mean. I'll still be living the soft life though, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll all be there together. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what are you injecting? Um, I am injecting. Um remember that you're valued and your voice is valuable and your contributions are valuable um and even if you think that people won't find your contributions valuable like just have some faith in yourself have some faith in your opinions and your um your voice yeah that's my thing this week that's nice thanks that's nice what's yours Mm, i think i'm injecting that like I'm injecting everybody's soft life I'm injecting that like however you get to your soft life like that you'll have a journey where is where you're not feeling burnt out where you're not feeling stressed and that you and where you feel like you actually deserve your soft life like don't feel like you don't that your soft life isn't deserved it is mm. like we all deserve that soft life. We all deserve to be seen as, you know, black women, black people who deserve to have that soft life. Like, yeah, like soft life is you and you are soft life. That's what I want to inject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. It's what we need. Yeah. 
yeah anyway guys we hope that you enjoyed this episode this week a bit random um but yeah, um, I'm Alexandra. You can find me at A-L-X-N-D-R underscore N-I-C on Instagram. And I'm Diana, and you can find me at D-E-A-N-N-N-A-B underscore on Instagram. Find me on Letterboxd. And, you know, if you're into movie reviewing, I'll follow you back and support your reviews. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Let us know what you think of the episode and review us. Leave us yeah. five stars. Leave us five stars. You can find us at injected underscore pod on Instagram and on Twitter. And yeah, don't forget again to rate us, leave five stars, leave some comments, tell us what you thought about this episode because Spotify lets you do that. Um, yeah, and as well, share the podcast with your friends. Tell your friends to listen to it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. share us on your social media. Yeah, share us guys. Like if you if you are like listening with us and you're fucking with us every single week, go on, share it with your people then, you know. You know mm-hmm. that we talk you know that we talk good 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 things. And you know that mm-hmm. we're very entertaining. So <laughs> just share us. <laughs> like I, I understand that you guys want to keep us to yourselves, but you know, a bit of sharing, a bit of love. That that would be yeah, great. Don't yeah, gatekeep don't gatekeep us. our don't gatekeep us injecting positive vibes. Everybody deserves the positive vibes, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening again. And we will catch you next week. Bye, guys.